Hi, I'm Maddie, and I don't have a hobby. Hi, I'm Haley, and I have too many hobbies. And I've taken it upon myself to get Maddie hooked on just about anything. In this podcast, we're talking true crime. We're talking Enneagram. We're talking mental health. We're talking Scientology. And just about everything in between. So we're inviting you on a journey that you definitely didn't ask to be invited on. In the hopes that you too would like to be Average, average girls Average and owning Average and owning yeah. Hello, hello And welcome to today's disaster Monday to today's disaster Why did I say Monday? It didn't even apply to what Monday. I was going to say I know, but I wasn't even going to say that Oh, but today's mm. disaster is Monday Is a Monday I yeah. guess that makes sense Yeah, okay. we'll pretend like I did that on purpose yeah. Maddie, how are you? I'm good. I'm sleepy. Me too. Yeah. Was this your first day back to work? Mm-hmm. I'm more like mentally tired than I am anything because I just sat at my desk and like... So good thing we're going to deal with some really heavy stuff went- today. <laughs> this is going to be a good time for you to process I came back murder and I had like 80 emails. Oh, the mm-hmm. pain. I got it down pretty low. Not that you guys care, but... We do. Everybody clap for Maddie, please. Thank you. Good night, New York. Um, How yeah. are you? I am fantastic. That's, that's, that's great. I was just very productive today. I just felt nice. kind of, you know, on it. But yeah, I'm good. Cool. Um, okay, you got our hot take or what? Yeah, I do. So Yeah, I do. A few of these we talked about. I had talked about earlier with some of our coworkers. Um, but some of these I just added. Okay, perfect. Um, <clears throat> okay. How long do you stay at a party before you look to leave? Mm, Depends on who's there. Agreed. So let's do both scenarios. One scenario is like your friends are there. And then the other scenario is like maybe three of your friends are there. Three of my friends are there. Everyone else I don't know at all or people I just Just, usually don't hang with. Yeah, usually don't hang with. Uh, Depends on the scene. Oh, it just really depends on how much. I'm sorry. I do this every single time. You do, we have a question like time. this. Well, just because I'm thinking like, for some reason, I'm thinking of the time that we went over to Jill's house mm-hmm. and there was all those people you don't normally hang out with on like a regular but weekend. We but we like stayed for like Yeah. Like we stayed for a long time. But yeah. I also, if, I think if it's like a more formal event, I like want to get out of here. Oh, also if you hear, oh dear God, all of this noise that's happening. I really hope you can hear that. That's you hilarious. Can't. We, um. Our maintenance guys here. <laughs> Anyways, um, so yeah, I don't know. I think that's a more formal setting. I want to get out. Yeah, I said like if my friends are there, I have like three hours in me for like an event or like, yeah, whatever. If I don't know anyone or like I just know you, mm-hmm. I'm there for like an hour. If I just know you and nobody else, I probably want to be out. But I'm also thinking though I could hang like if we're. If I was in Washington with all of your friends, I could hang. Yeah, but that's you know different because I mean? you would get along really well with my friends. I guess that's true. Yeah. Anyways, okay. Um, when you go on a vacation, do you want an itinerary or do you want to play it by ear? <laughs> I'm going to do it again. You're the worst. Some days I want an itinerary and some days I don't. Okay. Like I want a couple days that are, okay, technically itinerary because I want some days that are just like, hey, Wednesday we do nothing. You want to plan your nothing days, though. Yeah, I want to plan my nothing days. See, to me, a vacation is like I have nothing to do but whatever I want to do. I think that stresses me out more. I have no plans. Unless maybe I want to hit one thing. 
or like one, mm. I don't know. I don't, I would just, I want to relax and relaxing to me is doing nothing. I don't think I can relax if I'm like, oh, there's so many things that I want to do and I just don't know when I'm going to do them because I think I know I won't do them. I just want to lay by the water and then if I see a snow cone stand, I decide, let's go over But, like, if it's that cone. kind of trip, yeah. Like, if we're at an Airbnb on the beach, yeah, that's absolutely what I want to do. But if we're in Hawaii, I want to go ziplining and hiking. And I want to do, like, all the cool, fun, all these, like, things. I wouldn't want to – I would just be annoyed if every day if you and I went to Hawaii and you were like, I don't know, let's just figure it out tomorrow. I'd be like, no, 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 but there's so much to do. Okay. I get that because – I guess we don't really go to Hawaii all too often. Or ever. I do, but it's a lot closer to Seattle. Mm. No, it's a lot closer to Seattle <laughs> than it is Florida. And Florida is already like a tropic yeah. place. But I feel like if I schedule anything, it's restaurants that I want to go to. Like I want to go to like really? good food places. Oh, for sure. Then like I'll go along. And that's the thing too, like. I'll play it by ear. So if somebody there wanted to plan something, yeah. I would do it. I just don't want to plan anything. Yeah, you're not really – you're not a planner in that way at all. No. Um, okay, what would you do if you had no toilet paper in a public bathroom after taking a big poop? <laughs> <laughs> no toilet paper? None. Like in the whole bathroom? No. Just go with it. Um, I would go in the men's room. No, not an option. There's no toilet paper. Well, then I don't have any options. Like, what I have to do. What are my options, then? I would wipe with my underwear and throw them away. Oh, but what's their cute underwear? I'm not walking around. Well, I guess I'm screwed anyways. Well, yeah, but then I'd be screwed anyways if I'm just walking around without wiping in my underwear. I mean, they're ruined anyway. (laughs) Yeah, they got to toss them. Man. I mean... (laughs) <laughs> was that one that was posed at work? No, that no, one that I read. You. No, no, <laughs> I, I read that one. Um, what does your most recent text say? Oh, oh my phone's not here. I'm out. No! <laughs> my phone's in there. I have no idea. Oh, I hate you. Um, I'm trying to think of my last text was probably, I think it might have been from Emerson. Okay. So it probably was something lame because our maintenance guy's here. So it was probably like, okay, sounds good. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, then I don't have to say mine. Why? No, read yours. It's okay. probably going to be funny because it's going to be from Corey. No, it's not. <sighs> Wait, the most recent text I sent or the most recent text I got? I don't know. Whichever one's funny. Neither of them are funny. My most recent text sent was way to go, baby. <laughs> and my most recent text received was, I have an appointment in Lakeland. Let's link for a little. Link for a little. <laughs> you know her. You yeah, know her. Yeah, I just don't like that saying. Okay. Um, would you rather live without TV or music? TV. That one's really hard for me. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, can I watch a movie? No. Oh. <laughs> oh. Well, then, I don't know. Oh. I watch TV shows more than I watch movies anyway, but... Same, probably. Well, no, actually, I don't know. I love TV. I do, too. So much. Yeah, but what would you... Well, I guess you could listen to a lot of different things in the car. Yeah. For example, a podcast I know called Average Bredoni. <laughs> it's all right. Um, I think I would do TV, though. No, I think I might do music. You look like you're going to cry. <laughs> like, this is really hard for you. I've been thinking about this for 12 days. I don't know. Oh, shit. I don't know. I think I would give up music. 
Maddie, it's okay. I know, but that hurts to say. I, I think I would just give up TV. I feel like I need the music for like the cinematic experiences. I think I need TV to pass time. <laughs> You're not even like at home that much. I My favorite thing to do when I go home is to get all cozy and watch TV. It's my favorite thing. I mean, I do love that too. I would miss it. I just think I music, shouldn't be allowed to watch uh, a movie. But though. music is everything. Like, it, if it's in things, can I hear it? <laughs> sure. Okay, okay, I'm over it. All right, next. No, that was it. Oh, that's it? Which yeah. ones were the ones they asked you at work? The first two? Mm. They also asked, um, what would it take for you to kill somebody? Do I get away with it? <laughs> <laughs> That's not, that's not really the no, question. If I, no, it is for me. You really? <laughs> Part of it is, yes. Wait, what's your answer if you could get away with it? If if I could get away with it and they like killed my mom, I'd kill them. Okay, so for you, it would take someone harming a loved one. If someone killed you and then I could kill them and get away with it, I would do it. You would like hunt them down. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> If I got killed, you would hunt the, like you would hunt them down and like kill them back. Not necessarily. I wouldn't hunt them down, but if they were in front of me. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. For me, I said like if if they killed like someone I loved, like my family. If they tried my family, I wouldn't hesitate. Huh. Yeah, you, you're my family. No, I, I wasn't. Thinking, I was just trying to think if it was the same. We have the same answer. Yeah, harming a loved one. That's what. That's the only reason why I ever would even think about it. And I would have to, like, they would have to be intruding in my home or something. I get really nervous, like, watching shows and stuff where people are, like, covering up a crime or something because I, like, put myself in that position of getting in trouble like that. Oh. And I get stressed. Like, it's I really liked so the show scary. Dead to Me. I really, really liked it. But it was, like, Stressed-y I had to really space it out because it gave me so much anxiety. Really? Do you know what show low-key triggered me and I don't know why? What? Um, little fires everywhere. Oh no, me too. I had I couldn't watch it for a bit. I binged it, and I I don't know what portion of the show was so triggering to me. I don't know if it was just the relationship between Reese Witherspoon and Carrie Washington, mm-hmm. or what. But something like it made it was so hard for me to watch. No, I agree. For me, it was the mom dynamic, the mom and parent dynamic, like the two contrasting like yeah things so like it just I, I couldn't do both it just stressed me for a bit there yeah there's certain shows I think you got to be in a good headspace yes for sure and there's some shows that I watch and I let it affect me too much yeah, yeah, yeah. and then I carry the like negative emotion into like my actual life well that's not what everyone felt whenever 13 reasons why first came out even though yeah. then it was like a good show even though now it's trash but yeah of course it's always like good. you can't watch the show if you're gonna act like this after why? Like, cause it's just not good for you. Oh yeah, no. Yeah, I'm trying to think of an example of one that I had like that, like that. I, oh my god, whenever I watched Shameless, um, I went. That. Oh, Shameless is good, but it's like raunchy. Like, oh, I can't do it. It has. It's like very raunchy, like sexual stuff, but it's also like a lot of drugs. It's honestly though, it like feels like a very honest take on like poverty. Like it okay. makes sense and like generational trauma. Like it does. It's like. I mean, obviously, it's the dramatized version, like, sure, but yeah. whatever, but... Um, the Hollywood version. 
yeah, but it's really funny and really good. It just like <laughs> by the end, I I was desensitized because I watched it too much. So I was like, yeah, meth is not that big of a deal. <laughs> like no. like that's kind of what it does to your brain after a while. Where I had to be like, I need to stop watching this for a little while. Like if you break it up, it's fine. But if you're like just watching it straight through, everything feels okay. Yeah. Those are interesting shows and how it can do that to you. It is very interesting. It was a, it's a good show, though. Anywho. Yes. Anyways. Okay. Ready to talk about um some very lighthearted topics? Sure. Okay. What do you know about the Columbine shooting? Oh. That <laughs> <laughs> it was sad. Oh, Good. <laughs> and it was... Where did it happen? Colorado. Oh. Okay. Which, I mean, we'll get into, but... Um, so, the thing is, whenever people talk about Columbine, people always think it was, like, the first school shooting. Would you think that that was probably what it was? I feel like it was the first school shooting that was in the media the way that it was. Yes. Well, it yes and no. So, the reason oh. people were like, yes, why is it, like, it was in the media so much, but it was definitely not the most deadly shooting. Wasn't the first. Right. Wasn't the first at a high school. Wasn't even... There were some that were in middle schools that didn't get nearly as much coverage. Oh. So people always say... Like, whenever I was watching, I watched a couple different documentaries. And I've known, obviously, done... For some reason, I've done a lot of research on this. I don't know why. This yeah, is just I how I am. I don't know why either. Um, that a lot of people were saying, like, we don't know why people say, like, nothing like this had occurred before because that's not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. Um, they said... In one of the documentaries I watched, they said that there was a... University of Texas sniper in 1966 that left 33 wounded and 15 dead, which was the very Whoa. first mass shooting in modern U.S. history. And what year was that? Um, oh, sorry, mass school shooting. That was in 1966. Okay. Like, no one hears about that. And then there – but the, granted, 1966 media wasn't, like, yeah, obviously anything different. like that it is. But 1991, a shooting at a cafeteria in Texas claims a lab of 24. It was Whoa. the deadliest mass shooting in the U.S. at the time. Uh, 1998, a middle school in Arkansas, and eight students died. That's so like horrible. like those were all before Columbine. Right. So people are like, why is it Columbine? The why is that the most notorious one that like people know of all right. the time? Yeah. Um. And so what they said in the documentary that I watched was Columbine was the first time that there was insane preparation, almost two years of prep. Oh. Before the murders even happened. I didn't know um, that. It was documented. It was videotaped. There's, like, you, I watched the videos. They're disturbing. Like, oh, I've never seen of their Of, like, the footage of them preparing. Yeah. Um, You've never seen those? No. I guess I just assumed that everyone has seen this. Um, or maybe I did, and I just don't recall. You might. I don't know. Uh, it says they had every reason in the book and documented reasons as to why they were doing it. Um, they wrote manifestos that they left behind Columbine was also studied for what it wanted to be, not for just what it was. They wanted uh, to be the first of its kind horror story. They were trying to mimic the OKC bombings. Um, and so actually Columbine wasn't even originally created to be a shooting. It was supposed to be a bombing. Right. Like they wanted to blow up the entire school, kill everybody. They just I think I did happened that. to not make all their bombs correctly. God. Like overconfidence error, thank God, because they only managed to kill... I mean, a fraction of what they intended to kill. Yeah. But still still. awful. Yeah. And I mean, they didn't have any, like, we, I think we grew up in like an era where it was like more, obviously it was more talked about. Like we had drills and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. Even though ours wasn't even as intense as it is now. Like the kids I babysat like two years ago would all like on the days that they had their drills, they would like come into the car, like shaken up. They were like, oh, that was such like a really dark day. Just like. Oh, yeah, we took, like, three hours out of our school day to plan in case anyone comes to kill us. 
Oh, God. That yeah. is so scary. Ugh. One time we did a drill whenever at school, at the school that I work at, we did a drill, and I thought I um, I was supposed to be locking the door um, while the police are there to, like, do the whole thing, and we're all hiding in a corner. None of the girls know that this is a drill because we can't tell them. Right. So they're all scared. We're all in the corner. Half these girls have trauma, which is not helpful. We're in the corner, and they're, like, all freaking out, and my dumbass doesn't lock the door the right way. <gasps> So the cop comes in and was like, guys, this door isn't locked. And I was like, great. So sorry. <laughs> at my school, we, I mean, we weren't in like a terrible area, but it wasn't the best area. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had a bank like on the corner of the street by us mm-hmm. that it got like some threats and some, I think, robberies. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so like if, if they went into lockdown, you guys had to go into lockdown? Yeah, <gasps> because they were technically like they were less than like a half a mm-hmm. mile from us. Yeah. So it was like very, very close. And, and maybe so, if someone were trying to hide, they might try to, I don't know, come to a school. I don't know. They're in that area around. regardless. Yeah. yeah. So we used to have um, like lockdown drills, but they were like real. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh yeah, a guy with a gun went to Key Bank on the corner and like he's trying to Wait, like. you guys have Key Bank? Yeah. Oh, I have Key Bank. That's my bank. Oh really? Yeah. I don't I don't think it's there anymore. Like I think it's something else now. But yeah, mm-hmm. we'd be like we'd hear on the intercom that there was somebody like at Key Bank with a gun, like trying to get money or whatever. That's and, terrifying. Yeah. And it was scary, but thankfully nothing ever happened. But I always had this fear that I would be the one in the bathroom. When oh, a lock, oh when yes, a drill. because they would they would tell you what to do if you were in the bathroom. Yes. So everybody in your head, you were the kid in the bathroom. Yes, and all the doors are locked, and you're banging on the door, and they can't let you and in. And they can't let you in. Where do you go? I remember my fifth grade teacher, Mr. Yes, oh. sweetest man. He said, I remember him getting teary eyed in class whenever we first had to like. I think it was probably one of the first times we ever had to do a drill like this because we were like eleven. He's teary eyed, and he was like, "I want you to understand, like when we're doing this, if anything would ever happen, God forbid." It will break my heart to not answer that door and it, it will take everything in me. And he started crying, like literally crying in front of our whole class. Too. He was like, it's heartbreaking to even think about you pounding on that door and me not being able to let you in, but I have to save the other kids in here. It was like literally one of the saddest things I've ever heard. Everybody of. just holds their pee in for like six months. No, I never be in school again. Everyone's peeing their pants because they're so scared they're going to be that kid. Well, because then I was like, I'd have to stand on the toilet and just not breathe. But I fell oh. in. Oh my God, I'd fall in. <laughs> no, just sit down and put your legs up. Oh. No, but yeah. <laughs> I'm standing. My head's over like- the top. <laughs> That's embarrassing. Oh, I'm dead and embarrassed. Okay. <laughs> I have to stop. Okay. So this happens in 1999. It's suburban Colorado. They describe it as white, middle class, unremarkable. One of those towns where nothing ever happens here. What do we know about those towns? Everyone dies there. <laughs> There's always something in the unsuspicious towns. Unsuspicious. Huh? Is that a word? <laughs> <laughs> What's the opposite of suspicious? Um unsuspecting probably there's no unsuspicious i don't think so i'm i named it unsuspicious starting today <laughs> don't do that if you if you're not watching Haley just stuck her finger in my armpit and tickled me funny i've just don't think i've ever seen your armpit okay april 20th 1999 at columbine high school it's 11 19 a.m at the west entrance don't look at my notes she's such a cheater <laughs> um, Sean Graves is a 15-year-old student. He's with his friends at the cafeteria. They step outside the side door because they decide they don't want to eat lunch. They're going to go chill outside. And this is, like, 
a time where you could like be outside of your high school, like probably go off campus for lunch, that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So they uh, go out to a, they see out in a courtyard area that there are, or I'm sorry, they're in the courtyard area. They can see out towards the parking lot of the West entrance. And there are two guys wearing all black, dark trench coats, and they have huge black duffel bags. Um, they see that they're loading weapons in the car and they're thinking like, okay, it's like a BB gun. It's a senior prank. Like this is not common. Now, obviously things would be very different, but back then yeah. it was like, that can't be real. Um, but as they look over the dirt hill a couple minutes later, they, um, are spotted by these two guys who then aim huge assault rifles at them over the dirt hill and just start firing at them. Oh these three guys. So at the same time, there's a student named Craig Scott and he um, is 16 years old. He's sitting with his friend Matt in the library and they hear what they assume are fireworks outside that happen to be these gunshots. Um, but they look out the window in the library towards the soccer field and they see students are sprinting away from the school. They thought that it was a senior prank again. So they were like, oh, that's weird. Like, whatever, whatever. It's like the end of the school year. You know how everyone gets real rowdy at the end of the school year. They probably thought it was like something funny. Yeah. So Sean Graves has just been shot at. We're back up to that scene now. He manages to jump behind a concrete wall, but the only thing sticking out behind the wall is his backpack. A bullet ends up going through his backpack, <gasps> into his back, and then out his left hip, and it immediately paralyzes him from the waist down. Oh my so he gosh. falls and can't move, and they're just shooting and shooting and shooting, and he's just laying there, can't move at all. Oh my gosh, mm -hmm. that's scary so in the cafeteria the fire alarm goes off now because someone yanks the fire alarm mm -hmm. and they can see the cafeteria can see sean halfway in the high school and then halfway out like he's laying with his head in the door and everyone realizes that what's going on so they or realize something is wrong and they start sprinting out of the cafeteria so that's what craig is seeing as all these people are running out of the cafeteria um so he decides that he's gonna play dead because these guys are just getting closer and he can't move Oh, my so, gosh. So um, while he's laying there playing dead, they come and they shoot his friend Lance next to him in the face. And now, if this part makes it any better, Lance does live. He there's like he does interviews and stuff now. Um, and Sean lives, too. So they can, like, both tell the story. But um, Yeah, but how traumatizing it, is it? I'm laying down paralyzed, and I look over, and I see you get shot in the face. Mm-mm. You literally never get over that. No. Ever, ever, ever. Uh, um, the sheriff's department is immediately getting panic 911 calls, and the dispatcher is talking about bombs exploding and snipers on the roof. So they're like, what the hell is going on? So now we're going to back up. March 16th, 1999. This happens in April. Um, Dylan Klebold and Eric Harris are in the mountains of Rampart Range, Colorado. Don't know where that is. They are recording videos of themselves shooting guns. They're weeks away from graduating high school. Their parents think they're just on this, like, boys hunting trip. But they're just, like, practicing target hitting and stuff like that. Dylan is 17. Eric is 18. Eric is known for being super smart. He's in all advanced classes. He has plans to go to the Marines. Um, Dylan had plans to go to college. He was at prom three nights before this. Whoa. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so those are the guys that, obviously, we're going to go back and talk about in a little bit. But... So Craig Scott is hearing what he thinks are the fireworks, right? And thinking that this is a prank. He and his friends are joking around about it in the library. But they see as they're joking around about it, the librarian is looking out into the hallway. And then she's going to the windows. And she's like going back and forth. It's kind of like trying to figure out what's going on. And then they realize that she's panicking and that she's calling 911. And they're like, oh, shoot, something's going on. She tells the other kids to get under the table right now. So the guys that we're going to be talking about in this little snippet are Isaiah, Matt, and Craig. Okay. 
Um, Sean, now, <laughs> backtracking again, Sean is paralyzed, hearing explosions and screaming everywhere, and there's literally nothing he can do about it. So he's just lying there. So um, now the shooters are going inside and into the library. The librarian is under the desk calling 911. The operator tells her that she needs to lock the doors, but she can't get up and get there because she can. He, everybody is sprinting the other way, so she knows that the shooters are there. So she's like, I want to go up and lock the door. I can't get up. Um, so... Uh, here's the thing about the shooters. I don't know why I have it organized this way. Just, it's all going to make sense. I promise. Uh, both these boys, Dylan and Eric are very privileged by your regular standards. There's no gang involvement, no drug involvement, no violence. There's no reason for them to be on any radar, quote unquote, sure. at the time. Yeah. Now we obviously would have them on a million radars, but not then. Um, Eric moved around a lot as a kid because his dad was in the military. But other than that, there's like nothing crazy in their stories. Both boys were bullied, though, by jocks in their high school, which does come into play. Eric had moved to Columbine to the Columbine area a couple months before that. Or I'm sorry, a couple years before that became friends with Dylan. Um, Dylan was known as a pretty sweet kid, but Eric was more of like the dominant personality. Okay. So Eric would probably be more psychopathic than Dylan was. I think Dylan was a lot more. I think he was. a. De- we'll get into this, but he was more of a depressed. Not that this made him innocent, obviously, a depressed kid that was able to like get convinced to do certain things where mm-hmm. Eric was like the master manipulator. Uh-huh. Um, he's known for having really explosive anger. He can flip on a dime and become really violent. So in the library, the two shooters come in and keep in mind, nobody knows who they are at this point. Like they don't know it's their classmates. No. Because oh, a lot of times, like these guys aren't super known. It's a pretty big high school. Mm-hmm. So people might recognize their faces, but everything's happening so fast. Like you probably aren't even looking. Are they unmasked? They're unmasked. Yeah. Wow. So in the library, they start free shooting. They end up, this part's very sad. This is like actual trigger warning because it's very sad. I cried. They kill a student named Kyle uh, Velasquez. He is special needs and he didn't act fast enough. People were trying to tell him to hide and he wasn't like getting it. Oh, and really they sad. shot him. Um, then Dylan and it gets worse. Dylan and Eric start shooting out the windows at the police officers who have now shown up and they're like staking it out, trying to figure out what's going on. And they're just oh. shooting at them thinking it's hilarious. They're yelling peekaboo and then shooting under tables. Oh my Like gosh. how disgusting is that? Yeah. Now Isaiah is one of the only black kids at the school. Remember this is a very white school. Dylan spots him, calls him the N word and tells him to get over to him. Um, and he, he doesn't move. So they yank him out from under the table by no. his feet. And apparently his last words were, I want to see my mom. That's where I really lost it. There's something about people crying out for their mom. It really does it to me. I could cry right now. Me too. <laughs> we are both teary eyed as crap. It teary eyed as crap. <laughs> <laughs> Write that down on the board behind us. Teary-eyed as crap. Actually, I don't know where the marker is. Um, now that we're both sad. Okay. So, first they shoot Isaiah, and then they shoot Matt right in front of their friend Craig. So, Craig, at this point, just pretends to be dead. He literally, I can't even imagine trying to pretend like you're dead, like you're not emotionally impacted by the fact that your best Best friend just got shot next to you. Like, what Mm -mm. the hell? Hundreds of emer- emergency personnel are coming to the school at this time, trying to get kids out of the school. Everyone's running as fast as they can. The footage is so sad. Everyone's just so terrified. Um, now, the problem is there's a ton of conflicting information because a million teenagers are giving accounts of this, like, terrifying moment in their lives. Like, no one yeah. knows what a rep- 
reputable sources, but there is one kid that comes down to the police and he said, I know who the guy is. I know who you're looking for. You need to be looking for Eric Harris. And that's him. Yeah. Brooks Brown was this kid. He had been a friend of both of the boys. He was a childhood friend of Dylan, but about two years before um, he had become friends with Eric and he noticed that he had started to get really weird and violent, like in the most recent weeks. Hmm. He was um, putting online about how he wanted to kill people. And Brooks had recently just stopped being his friend. Um, he knew that, and it turns out Brooks was on the hit list for that day because of that. Oh, God. Now, I was just wondering if mm-hmm. they had, like, a list of students they were going after. Mm-hmm. <gasps> um, now, Brooks was supposed to pick Eric up for school one day. That's why they're not friends. Brooks was supposed to pick up Eric for school one day, and he had overslept and didn't pick him up. Oh, gosh. How many times has that happened to us? That a million me, times. Yeah. He tried to apologize to him, like, oh, hey, sorry, man, my bad. Eric would not forgive him. They called, They referred to Eric as the injustice collector. He was one of those guys. Ew. The worst. He started making threats online about Brooks. Uh, it was reported to the police, but they had a and they had a search warrant drawn up because they knew that he was building bombs, but they never took it to court. So, like, people were freaked out by this kid, but not freaked out enough, essentially. I that's the dumbest thing, though. Like, yeah, you know that guy that just blew up his whole um, RV in Tennessee. No, what? Yeah, this guy blew up his whole RV and his girlfriend called into the police like a year prior and said, hey, I'm worried about my boyfriend. He's making bombs. And the police never did anything. And then he, uh, luckily no one died, but he blew up like blocks of stores and injured a bunch of people and killed himself blowing up his van with him in it. And it's like the the police no, technically it's knew. It's like, why Someone's don't you building take, bombs? You, why? You take that seriously. <sighs> so... um. Two explosive devices had been timed to go off at 11.17 because, remember, this wasn't planned to be a shooting. It was planned to be a bombing, mainly. And they were just going to, like, pick off with the assault oh, rifles. Gosh. Once people came running out after things bombs started going off, they were just going to shoot people. What's on me? Sparkle. A sparkle? I just glow. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> they planned it at 11.17 because that was when the largest amount of students were coming out of lunch and into lunch, like crossing. Mm. Uh, so they planned that they would be outside of school with their assault rifles and then pick off the survivors. So there's one partial explosion that goes off in the cafeteria, but the rest are unsuccessful. Thank God. They had talked about this for a super long time, like I said. So for over a year, they had been planning this for almost two years, actually. Eric Harris wrote in a journal on April 10th, 1998, which was a little over a year before this went down. He said, I hate the effing world. This would become his plan for what would be the Columbine murder. So that was the first entry that would become the next year of entries. That was the first one. Okay. It's a journal of every trivial thing that he hates. Um, Dylan also had journals that he left, but those were more about his feelings and about his depression. He hated his life. The first page in his journal is about how he just wants to kill himself. He had extreme anger. um, But like I said, Eric has more of the clear psychopathic personality. He doesn't seem to have any empathy. He lies a lot. He manipulates it a lot. He has an uncanny ability to present himself in the way that he needs to to get what he wants. Um, so back to the actual shooting. Parents are lining up outside of the buildings waiting to find out if anything happened to their kids, oh, which gosh. is the most horrifying thing I could probably think of. Yeah. So students are being taken in school buses to other neighboring schools um, once they get out. So they're literally just being loaded onto buses and taken out immediately. So parents are walking out there there's videos of all these parents walking out their kids like who have just witnessed this like um so i feel like the only thing worse than going through this yourself is your child 
watching your child go through the trauma of this. Oh, I can't even imagine. And I'm and like, how do you relate as a parent that went to school, you know? You don't. You, like 30 years before that. Not you, even, I guess. But still. You don't. That's the thing. Like, You're just like, oh, it must be so hard to watch a, a bunch of your friends die. Yeah. But like, how are you supposed to say like. You don't. Yeah. Oh, terrifying. Okay. So this is this part was really interesting. They like mapped out in the documentary that I watched, like how their morning went, which I think is the most interesting thing. Knowing like, first of all, they yes, they're planning to do this terrible massacre, but they're thinking at the time, first of all, that they're killing hundreds of thousands of people, not even just like a couple. They just happened to how fail. How big is this high school? Um, I I remember it being similar to my high school, and I think I had what four hundred in my graduating classes, three hundred something. Wow. So, like, if you counted it all up, plus staff. A couple thousand. Yeah. I mean, still, it's a lot. Especially for a 17-year-old and 18-year-old. What? They're younger than us. That's bizarre. Anyways. So, but also, yes, they're planning on doing that. But they're also, this is, like, the last morning of their lives. Like, they're planning on killing themselves in this. Oh, I forgot that. So, it's just weird to, like, this is what their last morning was. Yeah. And keep in mind, this is two and a half weeks before graduation. Before they're supposed to graduate. So, Five o'clock in the morning, um, Eric is packing up ammunition. Dylan is gathering weapons. He's in a rush that morning, and his mom hears Dylan, like, getting ready in the morning. And she has a TED Talk that's really good, by the way, and she talks about this. Hmm. And she remembers thinking, what is he doing up so early? The front door slams, and she's coming down the steps, and he, she said, Dylan, and he just said, bye, and slams the door. And she said that was the last time that she heard his voice. Wow. So they arrive at the AMF bowling alley. They chat with the classmate in the parking lot, but never go inside. Apparently, this is this was very confusing, and they offered no elaboration anywhere. They had a 6 a.m. bowling class that they regularly went to, apparently. And they went to, like, as usual? Yeah, like, but, so they just went, but they never went inside. So, no one, still to this day, no one knows why they went to talk out there for a second. They're thinking maybe they went to go say goodbye to their bowling classmates, but no one knows. It wasn't just a place to meet that they all, like, were supposed to be. They didn't meet there. To be. Eric came and picked him up. Oh. Weird. Yeah. I don't <laughs> – it doesn't make any sense. So they go to the grocery store then to go get some propane ta- tanks. The bombs are planted three miles from the school and some are near the fire station to buy them time as, like, diversion tactics. So they're not even just at Columbine. They're, like, all – like, around the town. What the heck? So, like, if there's a bomb somewhere, the fire station's going to be caught up somewhere else. Mm. But by now, Smart. it's 8.36 a.m. They have to go buy more propane, get more gas, because they're realizing that they weren't as prepared as they thought they were. Okay. Then they create a final tape at Eric's house around 10 o'clock in the morning. So they're not at school yet. Mm-hmm. They um, Or he says goodbye to his mother, apologizes in advance for what they are about to do in the video. What? They're, they're doing a video. They're, like, recording at, at Eric's house. Oh, my gosh. Dylan says that he apologizes for what they're about to do. Eric apologizes to his parents and said that their decisions are beyond their control. They leave their belongings to their friends. The tape ends with the drawing of the Columbine logo, then a drawing of a bomb, and the word clue. What are the parents replying to? No, they're not. The parents aren't. The parents aren't home. Oh, they're they're okay. just recording this. So that I thought you were saying later. they were recording the conversation. Of no, no, like, no, no, no. Hey, sorry for what I'm about to do. Yeah, I no, get it. He, I get it. Yeah, okay. So there um, is no footage of the boys dropping off the bombs. They think that the tapes might have been switched. There's like a really big confusion about like when they would have put the bombs out. But there's like a really haunting, creepy video of like 
what they potentially think might have been one of the boys putting a duffel bag down. But no one knows if that's exactly the footage or if there's a missing couple minutes in there of when the tape mm. switched. It's a really weird thing. Anyways, so they're set to go off 19 minutes later. So they drive off um, after they plant the bombs. They change their clothes. They gather their supplies. Dylan wears a shirt that says Wrath, and Eric's says Natural Selection. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, 11.10, they return to the school. They have bombs in their cars that are set to explode at exactly 12 o'clock. Um, so the, Eric runs into Brooks at the school. Remember, Brooks is one on the hit list. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, apparently he went up to him and said, it doesn't matter anymore, Brooks. I like you now. Get out of here. Go home. He had a change of heart? Apparently. Like, the last second. And apparently they had been, like, cordial in the last couple of weeks. But up until then, he was still on the hit list. Right. Um, They don't know. This is something that's, like, still baffling to Brooks's family. They were in one of the interviews I watched. And they said they don't know if it was empathy or if he was trying to kill as many people as possible and knew that killing Brooks right then would have compromised that plan. So they don't know if it was, like, a weird moment of empathy or if it was just... I got to stick to the plan if yeah. I kill you now i'm gonna screw it all up yeah but i i don't even know if it's i want to say it's a moment of empathy because why would he say just go home right i don't know but i also don't think he's capable of that so like why i don't know yeah that's interesting um they wait in their cars for the explosions as like once there's an explosion we'll know to go in and pick people off but at 11 17 nothing happens now remember 11 17 is when the first round. The first one. Ha- Memory. Okay. So <clears throat> they think that if that explosion had gone off the way that it was intended, it was supposed to kill at least 500 people. Just that one blast because it was Ooh. with the biggest amount of people right in that center of the cafeteria. Now, they had studied so much about how to create them, mostly from the Oklahoma City bombing that had been pretty recent then. Their biggest reference came from a 1971 manual known as the Anarchist Cookbook. It's known now to not be a reliable source of information, but they used um, certain things they tried to use, like the cheaper versions of, or things they could just get a hold of, which completely chemically messed everything up. So they tried to use plastic and not conductive metal for some parts. The recipes they used were were weaker than they expected. Mm -hmm. Um, And also the building, they didn't account for the fact that the building sprinklers would have put out the fires anyways. Now, if it was like a massive explosion, but if it was a small explosion, the sprinklers would have put it out immediately, which is what happened. So um, one of the, like I said, the one bomb partially exploded and immediately the sprinklers put it out. Okay. So... um, at 1119, 911 calls, or the, the first 911 calls come in um, because there's a small fire from a pipe bomb down the road from the school. They get out of their cars with two duffel bags and a backpack, and then that's whenever they enter the cafeteria. Now, for the first people that they actually shoot are Rachel Scott and Richard Castaldo, who are eating outside on the grassy knoll. Now, remember, Craig Scott is the one who's in the library. Oh, his sister? Yeah, his sister. So Dylan and Eric know that their bombs haven't gone off, so they decided that now they're just going to shoot at random. So at 11.19, these two are shot on the grassy knoll first. Eric shoots Rachel three times. Richard is shot eight times in the spine, chest, and abdomen. He's paralyzed from the waist down. Rachel starts crying. Eric shoots her again in the left temple, and then Eric drops his trench coat and reloads. That's when Lance, Sean, and Daniel are all shot Mm -hmm. um, from before. So... They are within 12 feet of them. Sean makes it to the cafeteria door, falls, that whole bit. People are being shot at the soccer field. Pipe bombs are thrown on the roof of the school. They walk out the back stairway, and they see that Daniel is flinching. They shoot him again with a final shot. 
Um, now Lance is the one who gets shot in the face. He survives. He has a huge scar down the side of his face and neck to this day. Um, Dylan apparently, so he gets shot by Eric and then Dylan steps over his body and looks at Sean playing dead and said, sorry, dude. Like, it's just the weirdest thing in my brain. That they're casually just like, sorry, dude. But, like, I think that Dylan might have been sorry, but, like, not sorry enough. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, just a little bit sorry. He had to be so out of his mind at that point. I think he really was so depressed and so impressionable. Not, obviously, not that that excuses him from anything, because it doesn't. But So you think it was, like, a, not, like, a sorry, dude. It was, like. No. Apparently, it was, like, a sorry, sorry, dude. And here's what I'm thinking. He knew he was playing dead. Why did he say sorry, dude? He didn't shoot him again. He knew he was playing dead? Kind of. Who's he talking to? You don't think he was just sorry, so he was just saying that? like. Which is, I mean, but even if he wasn't. I mean, yeah. It, let's say he did know that he wasn't dead. Then he didn't shoot him again. But yeah. even if he felt like, oh, he's almost dead or he's as good as dead. Yeah, it's really sad. Oh, I don't know. Whatever. Very so creepy. the cafeteria, cafeteria is still really busy at this point. Um, and this is around the time people start clearing out, but for, for the most part though, videos are showing that people still, a lot of people around the rest of the school didn't realize what was going on just yet. Mm. A school officer is outside in his car eating lunch when he gets a report that there are gunshots on school grounds. Now students in the cafeteria are slowly learning that something is wrong and they're either hiding under their tables or they're sprinting out of there. The um, gym teacher is trying to direct students outside. So at 1124 AM, this has only been like four minutes. Um, the officers are being shot at in the parking lot. They make it into the library where most of the people are shot. The library has a lot of people in it at this point during the school day. They had heard the gunshots and thought that it was a senior prank. Why is so much of this repeated? Um, Liz Keating is in the library. So, um, she's the librarian. She tries to get everyone to evacuate, but realizes that there's no place to go. So she has the students get under the table. Now you can hear their voices in the background of the 911 call now this is like one this is like the most um what's the word i'm looking for like you have probably heard it at some point like the 911 call notorious i guess um so you can hear the guys also in the background like Mm. yelling at the people it's really muffled but you can hear it um they're telling people to get up shooters demand that all the students who play a sport to stand up now apparently a lot of the athletes wore white hats And so they were like, anybody who has a white hat, stand up. Because that meant, like, you were one of the asshole jocks that, like, made fun of them. Made fun of them, yeah, bullied them. Um, So Patty, the librarian, leaves the phone off the hook as she runs in the opposite direction. And the entire thing is taped. At the same time, the room is filling with smoke from pipe bombs. So it's not like it's, like, So she left everybody in there? Um, Yes, I think so. No, I don't think she left. I think she just runs it. I think it was like from the front. I think she went towards the back of the library, but left the phone off the hook. Okay. Because as far as I know, I don't think so, but that might come back into play. Um, so Eric breaks his nose as a result of the kickback from shooting while he's in the library. So he's like, has blood down his face, which is like even more terrifying. Um, you hear him yell, do you want to die while he's taunting students? Um, Eric is asking people if they believe in God. The whole thing is recorded on that too. They let one friend go into the library. Um, what? (laughs) I'm not sure what that means. I don't think I meant to put that. I don't know. They ask a jock to explain why he shouldn't kill him. He said, I don't want to get 
I don't want to get any trouble. He said, you don't have any idea what trouble is. That's what Dylan said. And the jock said, I just never had any trouble with any of you. And Dylan leaves his fate up to Eric. So he looks at Eric and is like, do we kill him or not? And Eric says that he just wants to leave and go to another part of the school. And they just leave that in there. (gasps) Whoa. Yeah. Ugh. Like, how do you make... Ugh. God, that's just terrifying. (coughs) Ow. Um, So they end up having enough ammo to kill everyone in the library, but just decide not to. So they're starting to slow down. Part of this was because of Eric's blood loss, which tells us a lot about their motivations in general. So at 11.44, surveillance catches them for the first time. And this is only, like, this has only been happening for, like, 20 minutes. And this is, like... Yeah. Oh, God. So Eric starts shooting at the propane bombs, trying to get them to explode. Oh. He, if he would have done that, he would have blown up the whole school. But luckily, he fails. Dylan walks over, tries to ignite it more closely. Still nothing. So they drink. They have There's footage of them drinking from the cups left behind from evacuated students in the cafeteria, like real casual. Ew. Right? So uh, Dylan throws a CO2 cartridge to cause an explosion. A large explosion ignites, but then the sprinklers ruin it again. But this one they can actually see. So they assume that it will continue. But once they leave the sprinklers or put it out, um, Eric shoots himself in the mouth at 12.08. Uh, Dylan shoots himself in the head but doesn't die instantly, and he drowns in his blood for five minutes. Oh, mm-hmm. He shot himself next yeah. to a cafeteria table where someone was hiding, and they said they heard him die while they were playing dead. Oh, my gosh. Like, what? Ugh. So police actually can't – the police and SWAT team can't come in until 1230 because they don't realize that they're dead. They think they're still active shooters that are going on. Uh, so there's like another solid couple of minutes. But the thing is, there's people bleeding out in there. Yeah. So the circumstances lead to controversy about how all of it was handled. The police said there was no protocol for the situation. They were doing like what they thought they could do. Yeah. They didn't know that they had resources to stop the chaos with the knowledge of what they were getting themselves into. They thought at the time there were three to eight gunmen inside. Wow, and there's just the two. Yeah. People are still bleeding to death inside, including Mr. Sanders, who is one of the teachers. His students are putting signs up on the windows to get police attention that he is dying. <gasps> oh. Isn't that the sad? I literally have goosebumps. Just, like, all of your students just, like, putting signs, being like, help. He's dying. Like, imagine writing that for your teacher <sighs> that you love. Like, help. He ends up dying three hours later. Three hours? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because all these people are still stuck in there. They they found these two gunmen dead, and they're thinking there's still more gunmen. So everyone's oh. still being so careful, trying to go, like, re- evacuating room to room. It's not like, oh, the two gunmen are dead. Let's just clear out. Right. It was like, okay. who else is left? So um, it ended up obviously forever changing the public's view of American teenagers in general. If it can happen to the privileged white kids in suburbia, it could be happening anywhere. It's essentially, you know, the fear of teenagers that happened, like, afterwards in that time. So there was this whole time, like – there where it was like these little they were like mega ever teenagers were mega monsters of like they are mm-hmm. capable of so much and they have no impulse control yeah which isn't necessarily true there's a ton of factors that are like playing into this and it's so weird like the stuff that we know to look for now not that we're even necessarily always good at it but like mm-hmm. that feels so like yeah, ever, someone should have known and like i know obviously times were very different yeah and and everyone i think everyone should watch Dylan Klebold's mom's TED talk. She talks about this specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I think it's literally like my son is a Columbine shooter. I think is what it's called. Oh, I'm going to look it up. That's um, yeah. But you can find the footage of like what the guys recorded on their weekend trips, all of that. Like it's all there. I hate it. 
Um, Dylan Klebold. Sorry, I just want to find the actual name of it. But yeah, see Dylan Klebold's mom. Yeah, it's 8.8 .8 million views. My son was a Columbine shooter. This is my story by Sue Klebold. Yikes. And one of the things that she says in the very beginning, which I think is like so heartbreaking, she says like, I want to say before I start anything else that I'm sorry because I never know now any room that I walk into, like who is indirectly affected by what my son did. And so I just want to do like a blanket. I'm sorry for like any pain that I might've caused. Mm. And then she said like, I, this is a really weird thing to say, but when people ask how my son died, like I still have to tell them that my son died by suicide and that is still sad. <laughs> like I know that my son did all these terrible things and like, yeah. I agree. I have no idea how this could have happened. Like I'm as clueless as you and I'm so sorry, but I also lost a son to suicide. Like, and I still have yeah, to grieve my only tough. son. Uh, like that is the gnarliest thing. Right. How are you supposed like, and I, I don't think I ever think about that. Like the no. families of the murderers. Like, I don't know what the heck happened to Eric Harris's family, but no, he, they don't think they've talked at all, mm. but which granted, I think it would probably be harder from their perspective to talk because Dylan is made out to be like the innocent of the two, not completely innocent, obviously, but the one who's like like the struggling, yeah, of the two. like clearly the one who was affected by the psychopathic kid. But to be the psychopath's parents is also probably like terrifying and awful. Because I don't know what kind of parents they were like. I mean, yeah, I, I yeah, I never think about the the families of the mass murder people ever like every murderer has a mom right that's terrifying and do you grieve your son because they're your son mm -hmm. but how do you do you hate them how do you grieve somebody no. that you hate no you don't I think you feel so guilty you feel like it's your fault probably and I mean or like you sometimes it might have been a factor like yeah you know, oh, like for you sure you didn't breed your kid to be a murderer but like let's say you weren't around a lot like even if that meant you were working like sometimes right. kids just aren't equipped not to say that it's like a-okay to be a murderer but like right but there are certain things that children need from parents and mm -hmm. if it's not being I mean because there's got to be there's, there definitely has to be some stories of people that like led relatively normal childhoods and still ended up doing something whack for sure oh yeah it's across the board i don't i don't think it comes down to just like childhood or no or not all parents but i think that there are usually correlations to that mm -hmm. oh gosh and like her kid was so depressed and she's like i don't know how i didn't know that yeah that's, and she's like a very feels smart like a parent fail for sure. Like she's an educated woman. She was like, I think both her and her husband, I'm pretty sure have PhDs or like masters or something like they're real artsy. Like mm -hmm. they seem like they like got it together and it's like they have the dream and then this happens. Oh gosh. The scariest thing too is like you could do everything right and your kid's still wacko. <gasps> oh my God. You know? Like, you, you could be affectionate, yeah. and you could be involved, and you could mm -hmm. be all these things, and it's, like... Like, I want to be, like, how did you not know? But, of course, this if was, If like anyone a, knew, they would try... Any, right. like, normal right. person would try and stop something that they knew was this awful. But, yeah, that's, that's really scary as a parent, too. Yeah, it's horrifying. I can't even – I don't know why for some reason I don't have the – I just realized I don't have the exact number of victims. Can you look it up? <laughs> why did I not have that? I feel like that's the most pertinent thing to the whole thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I also just think it's crazy that their whole intention – 
there's a lot of crazy parts to it. The whole intention was as a bombing. They wanted to kill literally everybody two and a half weeks before graduation. Why did they have plans to go to college and go to the Marines if they knew they were going to do this? Right. Or was it just to like get their parents off their backs, you know? Because they had it planned for almost two years. 15 died, including both perpetrators. Mm. 24 were injured. 21 of them were injured by gunfire. Shoot. Yeah. So some of them might have just been collateral damage and like, you know, some of the bombs oh, that three. did go off. Oh. Yeah. April 20th, 1999, 21 years ago. Did you have like a lot of scares with stuff like that in high school or no? You had a small high school. We went to a small high school. Honestly, like I said, we weren't like in the worst area, but we weren't in the best area. But we didn't have a lot of, I feel like our lockdowns were actually all in like elementary and middle school. Really? I don't remember very many in high school. Oh, we had so many in really? high school. It was like for a while, it was like a problem because I think it became like, oh, this will get us out of school if someone writes something on the bathroom wall kind of thing so then we stopped taking it seriously but then there were like a couple like that were actually pretty serious that Mm -hmm. like I remember one time there was um gosh I remember my friend Ashley's birthday for some reason I that's the only reference that I have sometime in October I'm just staring off into the distance were you looking at something no oh um I remember we came in and we knew there was like there was a threat and so we were like oh tomorrow's gonna be an interesting day we're probably gonna have to do a search or something like Mm. I don't know we didn't know what to expect but sometimes stuff like that would happen and we would just have like a couple periods we would have to like stay put whatever and they would do whatever but I remember that day they had all these police like lining everything and we weren't allowed to move like we would all gather before we'd go to homeroom before they could dismiss us to go down to our homeroom classes so everyone was congregated in like three separate areas but like all together Mm -hmm. and so we were all waiting like, what the hell are we going to do? Somebody brought a guitar. Like, we all knew this was going to happen, like, that we were going to be stuck waiting together. So somebody brought a guitar. I remember me and my friends singing. This is bad. We were singing um, Blow by Kesha. This place of Belgium. No. <laughs> yeah. We were, like, no one cared. There was a – no one cared until there was a helicopter outside of our high school. It was the news filming us because we realized everybody's parents were lining up outside the door. Um, to pick us up because they had read on the news that there was a murderer at our school. Oh, and so they canceled school gosh. that day. And so we're all at school and everyone had to get, come get picked up. And um, I remember we all went out to breakfast. My friends and I just went to breakfast. We were like, whatever, screw it. Oh my gosh, did it end up being anything serious? Um, I think it could have been, but no one really knows. I don't think so. It could have wow. been anything. We, there was also times where they would like have us evacuate to the bleachers like, the whole school would have to, like, walk down to the bleachers at the football field. Like, we'd all have to leave school, go together, walk down wow. there because someone threatened to bomb the school. I don't think we had anything like that. Really? Mm-mm. Oh, we used to have it, like, every other month. Oh, my gosh. But That might be dramatic. It might have been a little less than that. My whole high school, high school was 180 people. Yeah, see, that's just unreal to me. And so it's, like, everyone knew everybody and – I think, yes, there were some, like, quote-unquote weird people mm-hmm. or different people, but they mm-hmm. all had their own friends, too. So it wasn't, yeah. like, the isolated there weird was one guy. Kid. Yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. by his lonesome, all dark and weird. It was, like – and I think even the well-known people were very – like, they were nice. They treated yeah. even the, quote-unquote, weird people, like – pretty nice I'm, I mean I'm sure they have their own horror stories of when people were rude to them mm-hmm. but for the most part like it was pretty inclusive it wasn't like a, yeah see our especially high school from like, like teachers and stuff like mm-hmm. if the teachers 
you know, saw anything, they weren't tolerating that or they were mm-hmm. like asking them questions, you know? Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I guess I didn't realize that I'm glad that that didn't happen very yeah. much. I, whenever the, um, now that I'm at like a big public school, now that I work there, I like forgot that whenever the election was happening and everyone was like, there's going to be like a riot, everything's going to go wild. Um, um, I didn't even think about it until Alexis said something to me like the, like the day before the election results. And she was like, are you scared to go to work tomorrow? And I was like, no. And I thought about it and I was like, maybe like I didn't think about the fact that like that still happens and that I'm at a very big high school with kids that do have access to that kind of thing right yeah that is scary like oh shoot that could actually like I don't even know exactly how to lock my office door (laughs) really um no it's a little weird so So, yeah but there hasn't I mean granted I don't know if there's any been any scares but I feel like lately we've um remember that once there's a chunk of time where it felt like every other week there was like a crazy shooting yeah. Oh, no, that was, was it 2020? Was it the first? What are you talking about? Or was it, no, 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 the first six months of 2019 or 2020, there was like back-to-back school shootings. I think it was 2019, I think. It had to have been, it had to have been 2019 know. because it, we weren't in school that long for 2020. No, but I think that's, I think we were headed in like a really horrible direction. And then because of the lockdowns, everyone was like, well, at least school shootings can't happen this year. Maybe it was 19. I don't, honestly, I don't really remember, but I think I've blocked it all out. Do you remember whenever Sandy Hook happened? Mm -hmm. Do you remember where you were? Because I remember exactly where I was. No. I was in Jen Farah's bedroom. There were more mass shootings than days in 2019. Holy shit. That's mass shootings. What qualifies as a mass shooting? Because that, like, you know, I don't know. I mean, there granted, were 417 was... mass shootings in the U.S. according to data from the nonprofit Gun Violence Archive, GVA. Okay. Oh, here, GVA defines mass shooting where at least four people are shot, excluding okay. the shooter. So that could be up to five. Okay, but that's still like that's... a significant amount of people. Yeah. I wonder how many of those were in schools. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Alrighty, well, now that we've had some lighthearted topics, um, make sure that the people around you aren't murderers. <laughs> At least just ask a few questions every now and then. Check in. Don't ignore the weird guy. Don't Say ignore hi. the weird guy. Invite him to sit with you at the lunch table, folks. <gasps> oh, my god. The staff break room. You don't have to kiss him. Just let him sit with you for a minute. Ew. I'm just saying. Don't make it weird. Just, like, hang out with him. You right. might be sad. Stay safe out there, guys. It's not, it shouldn't be that scary. Columbine isn't all of life. You Feels know I mean? like it right now, though. It was only like 20 minutes of history. Just 20 minutes of history that like wrecked a lot of lives, you know? <laughs> I know, it's so sad. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Average and